Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. As we get in the Word of God, talk about it, and actually we're going to talk about something more in the news today that I think we ought to be aware of, and that's this concept that's being talked about more and more called Christian nationalism. And I think we're going to be hearing more and more about this, so I want to get ahead of this and talk about it so we have some understanding. Language is important. Words are important. Definitions are important. And we want to look at this. First of all, special welcome if you're with us today. I hope you'll be with us regularly. We come here every day and get in the Word of God. I hope you'll subscribe to our channel, and I hope you'll fit into your schedule to get with us each day because we need daily encouragement daily strength, daily wisdom, daily understanding, daily inspiration. It's not enough to get it any just periodically. We need to be real we need to be mighty for God. And we need to prioritize our own spiritual growth, wisdom and understanding. And that's what we hope to do here on this channel. So I hope you'll join us, share with share with your friends and so on. What is this term Christian nationalism all about? Who's bringing it up? I've I've you know, most of the news sources that I go to don't even hardly talk about it, but other news sources, shall we say the news sources more on the left of the political spectrum, they talk about it all the time. And lots of times, I just a basic principle, be wary when people who don't uh, uh, try and define you and you're not defining yourself, don't let others define you. Don't let others come up with words to describe who you are. Rather, you need to own your own definitions for your own identity. And this term Christian nationalism, it kind of is a scary term. Indeed, anything that has the word nationalism is kind of scary these days. It reminds you of white nationalism or something like this. And you begin to ask, is it racist? Is it against multiculturalism? Is it exclusive and not inclusive? Does it not, is it not diverse? Is it narrow-minded? Is it bigoted? All these ideas come up whenever you would have a term like nationalism or Christian nationalism. Probably raises questions in some people's minds about what is the separation of church and state, and what do we have? Are we a are we a theocracy or are what what is this term? It's kind of a for a lot of people, it's certainly a scary term that has been that's being used more and more. I think we're going to hear it more. Why? Because in our current political season, and remember, brothers and sisters, you we need to be strong, courageous, and wise in this political season because uh, it's going to be a—I I predict it's going to be kind of a, a, a tumultuous time. And currently, the current administration really isn't doing real well in the economy. Got bad inflation. Not doing real well on foreign policy. We've got a war going over in Ukraine. We got a war going on in Israel with that could blossom into a world war. We've got we, we've had a debacle out of Afghanistan. China's on the move. I mean, the foreign policy is not real strong right now. The economy is not real strong right now. Our current president, you know, a lot of people question his cognitive ability and his age declining right in front of our very eyes. And so, kind of all they can do is scare you about the other side. The other side, we might be bad, but the other side's worse. And the others, and one of the scaremongering terms is going to be Christian nationalism. How about you? Are you a Christian nationalist? Am I a Christian nationalist? What does that term even mean? Well, MSNBC had someone on this week 
to describe this term, supposedly an expert on this subject, an investi- a crack investigative reporter trying to explain this. And look at this definition. Her name, uh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce her last name, Heidi Prezbala, maybe, I don't know. But here's what she says. The one thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as human beings, don't come from an earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. Horror of horrors. Horror of horrors. What could, uh, th- this sounds so scary that these people, these Christian nationalists, not Christians, just Christian nationalists, don't believe that our authority comes, our rights as Americans, as human beings, they don't believe it comes from a human authority, not from Congress, not from the Supreme Court. They come from God. Oh my goodness. Is that scary to you? I would say it's scary just the other thing. But this is, when I heard this, I, my, my wife said, she couldn't believe that this woman said this, and I can't either. What ignorance, what condensation, con- condescending attitude, what, a, er, what arrogance of this woman to describe this and to scare people by thinking that our rights come from God. But this reminds me of when I'm on campus, many times I've asked the students, where do our rights come from? And I've got to tell you in all honesty that almost every student who I ask that question of, I would say 95% or more, does not answer this question properly. And, and, and the ones who are homeschooled or Christian schooled tend to answer it properly. But if they went to a public school, very rarely do they get it right. Extremely rarely do they get it right. And actually, the question I ask is, I ask, start, where did our rights come from? And then I go a step further. I said, well, how about according to our founding fathers, where do our rights come from? And almost all of them say the Constitution, Congress, the Supreme Court. Some of them will say they come from us, we the people. But rarely, rarely does anyone say the right answer. When I ask the question, where do our rights come from? Rarely does anyone say the right answer. And I, and the answer is, they come from God. Now, if that makes you and me a Christian nationalist, that ought to make all of us a Christian nationalist. I would contend that, may, that would make George Washington, James Madison, John Jay, uh, ben, even Ben Franklin, it'd make all of us a Christian, all of them a Christian nationalist. Why? Because they affixed their name to a statement that is the founding document for our country that explains why we went to war with Great Britain demanding our independence. Because the ultimate thing that our founding fathers declared was this. Are you ready? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are endowed by their Congress? No. By their Supreme Court? No. By their king? No. All men are endowed by their creator, 
That refers to God. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These rights are given to us by God. And the whole premise of the Revolutionary War, the whole premise was these rights, our basic rights come to us from God, and they were enumerated then in the Declaration of Independence, which is the the opening statement there. They were enumerated in the Declaration that these rights come from God, and the king is taking our rights away from us. He's infringing upon what God has given us, and he has no right to do that. Our rights don't come from the government. They come from God. And because they come from God, no man can take them away from us. See, here's the point. The whole point of the revolution is if our rights come to us from man, from Congress, from Supreme Court, from a king, then the Congress, Supreme Court, king, whoever, can take those rights away. If they give them to us, they can take away. But if they come from God, then no one has the right to take them from us. These are unalienable rights. These are our rights from God. Friends, we fought a, this was the basis of the Revolutionary War. We fought a war over this. How is it that intelligent, educated people can now no longer see this, can no longer, under, they no longer understand this? And why? It's because of what they've been taught. We have this idea in our in our country today that you cannot talk about religion in schools at least not in a positive way and so what our founding fathers taught it's ignored it's just not taught and so therefore if they're not taught it comes from god and if they're taught secularism then the next highest authority out if god's not in the picture the next highest authority would be the government and so therefore they contend and would say the government gives us our rights. Oh my goodness, this is why we fought the Revolutionary War. And now do this inadequate ed- education and false education that, re- that is scared to talk about God and our rights coming from God. And this false understanding of the separation of church and state. They, they left God out of the picture and we're right back. We're right back to what led to the Revolutionary War. And that is asserting our rights are from God. Government cannot take them from us. Now, we've got a different government now. We don't have the King, King James that we need to worry about. King George, whichever one of those. I'm sorry, King George. We don't have to, him to worry about. But again, this basic principle. And this woman, uh, this uh, alleged authority on MSNBC, she gets it so wrong. Listen, everyone should, be, uh, everyone should believe our rights come to us from God. Now, question, which God is it? And the students on campus, when they finally acknowledge and they acknowledge that they will say this, yeah, but it's not the Christian God. Well, which it, it, it certainly wasn't Buddha or Siva or, or uh, um, uh, Allah. Our country wasn't founded by a bunch of Hindus, Muslims, or, or something of this nature. Our country is founded by Christians. And you say that, number one, that the moral, the context in which this statement was written of the fifty-two signer of the fifty-four signers of the of the Declaration of Independence, fifty-two of them were active church members. Over a third of them were clergy members, clergymen. We weren't talking here about some uh, mystical God that no one no one knows, or just some higher power or idea. We were talking about the Christian God, and people would could challenge that, and I would say, well, if you want to know, go to the the, the beginning of the Declaration says. 
were endowed by our Creator. The end of the declaration says they signed this when? On this fourth day of July, in the year of our Lord, 1776. Who's that talking about? It's not talking about Muhammad. It's not talking about Buddha. In the year of our Lord, was referring to Jesus Christ. He was the one born in zero, and not and and uh, 1776. They're referring to him. This was the whole culture. This is the whole world they were living in. My friends, by the definition of Christian nationalism of this woman here, you'd better be a Christian nationalist. We're all Christian nationalists. I would hope, and I'm surprised that they would let someone like this on who was so ignorant of history and so ignorant of the basic civics of what our country is about. This really was criminal. It really was a criminal mind. And I think we're going to be hearing more and more of it. It's going to be a scare tactic. You know, if you believe that our rights come from God, you're in a theocracy. You don't believe in democracy. You're, you, the democracy is being threatened. You don't, if, you, if you believe that, uh, uh, you know, children shouldn't be aborted, and if you believe that the moral code comes from a higher authority than we ourselves, you're going to be criticized. My friends, we are in an ideological battle in our country. We're an ideal, I've said for many years now, and I've seen it on the campus, the depth of the, the ideological battle that we're in, it's not about politics. It's deeper. It's about, is there a God, and does God have the right to be God? Now, you can have a government that's not a theocracy and still believe in God, but what these people want is to pendulum swing to the other side that's, that, that basically establishes humans as God. Government is God. Government would be the Almighty, the all powerful, the great provider, the one to take care of us, the one who rules on what is right and good and true, and who tells us what morals we should follow. And if the Supreme Court declares it, that makes it true. This is why we see in our courts make a decision and much public opinion that would think something was wrong beforehand, i.e., gay marriage, same sex marriage. The country was definitely against it until the Supreme Court ruled. It's legal, and now the country's definitely for it. How did so many people change their moral position because of a ruling by the Supreme Court? My friends, you and I get our truth from God. We get our morals from God. We get our rights from God. Governments exist to secure those rights. This is the purpose of government, not to give us those rights, not to define those rights, but to protect our rights. And indeed, often now the government is using those saying that the Constitution against our rights. We've got to be smart. We've got to be wise. There's a lot at stake these days, a lot of stake. There's a deep philosophical divide, an ideological divide. It comes down to, do we believe in God? Do we believe that God is to be God? Do we believe God should have a voice in this? And should his voice be preeminent and prevail? We're seeing this in our culture more and more. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready if you believe what we've just defined, which is what our founding fathers believed and what they fought for and what our country's based on. And we see the curtain was pulled back on this interview to show us what some of these people who are against Christian nationalism and trying to uh, marginalize those of us who believe what our founding fathers believed shows us where they're coming from. Let's be wise. Amen. Let's pray about it. Oh, Father in heaven, we come to you today and we tell you we love you 
and we honor you, and we honor your ways, and we think that you and your truth and your morality and your 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 word, all these should be exalted in every aspect of our life. We want it to be exalted in us personally. We want your word, your truth, your ways to be exalted in our families, in our churches. We pray, Lord, that, that what you say to be good, right, and true be exalted in our culture, in our government, in our in our entertainment, in our business world, everywhere, Lord. And we know that this makes that this does not mean that people who don't agree with us are going to be marginalized and persecuted. This would be the safest way they could ever live because your laws require justice and goodness, safety, love, kindness, goodness, grace. Lord, everyone benefits by your way, and everyone suffers when your way is rejected. How we pray, Father, for wisdom. I pray for every one of us to have great wisdom. We'd be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. We'd know how to communicate in our day and age, but we would know how to, we'd know what's right and true and give us courage and boldness to stand for it, we ask. And for this, we bless you. We give you this day in our churches as we worship you and pray to you that we'd grow and become better Christians this very day. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray it. Amen. Amen and amen. And thank you for joining me. I hope you have been blessed today. We come here every day, get in the word of God. I hope you will join us and gain, I hope you'll gain wisdom. I know a lot of, we're going to have some new people here at, uh, related to understanding the times we live in, how the ideas on the college campus are bleeding into our culture. Now, tomorrow we'll get back into the book of Philippians. We'll finish it up soon. And then we have some things I really want to get into with this, with our group related to our culture. So I hope you'll join us every day. Get in the word with us every day. Subscribe to our channel. Share with your friends. Post on your social media, okay? God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.